You are listening to The Stender with Rabbi Michael Knopf, a Jcast Network podcast. For more information about Rabbi Knopf, please visit MikeKnopf.com. For more information about the other Jcast Network podcasts and blogs, please visit JcastNetwork.org. When God began to create heaven and earth, the earth being unformed and void, with darkness over the surface of the deep, and a wind from God sweeping over the water. God said, let there be light, and there was light. God saw that the light was good, and God separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day, and the darkness God called night. And there was evening, and there was morning, a first day. These, as you no doubt know, are the opening words of the book of Genesis, which we began in the Jewish tradition to start reading today. As I mentioned before, we finished the book of Deuteronomy today on Simchat Torah, the last book of the Torah. And we begin again the book of Genesis, the book of Breshit, to retell the beginning of the world through uh, the sojourn in the wilderness and ultimately the redemption of the Jewish people, their journey toward the promised land. That's the trajectory of the Torah. So we begin in Genesis today. We read those very famous opening words, and it's very common, it's very often in our society, in our world, to misunderstand and misread and misidentify what the Torah is saying in those few opening passages that I just read. For many people, those opening words of the book of Genesis are read as history. They tell a literal account of what happened eons ago when an all-powerful God came out of nothing and fashioned space and time, fashioned the entire cosmos. To others, the opening words of the book of Genesis are a description of scientific reality. There was no Big Bang. There was no evolution. There was just a God who formed a cosmos out of nothing using only speech. Light came first, darkness second, night and day, and on and on and on. It's a fundamental and accurate description of scientific reality. And both of those readings from the Jewish perspective are incorrect. Genesis is neither history nor science. It's not science. It's value. It's not history. It's destiny. You just need the code to unlock what it is that the text is saying. So fortunately, the Jewish tradition has this beautiful gift called Midrash. Midrash is the ancient rabbinic attempt to unlock and decode, understand what's really behind the Torah text. To never really take the Torah text at face value. To say there's always something hidden within the text that speaks to the reality of our time and our moments, what's going on in our hearts, in our souls, and in our world that is calling out from the text. You just have to pull back a layer or two to be able to uncover the reality. And the rabbis of the Midrash of Genesis Rabbah pick apart these opening verses that I just read for you today, and I want to spend just a moment sharing with you what they say. 
So they say, when God began creating the heaven and the earth, that refers to the first human being who took the whole world back to nothingness. And if you think about the story of creation, the first human being described in creation is Adam, who violates God's command not to eat from the tree of knowledge and good and evil, and by doing so, destroys this perfect idyllic world that God has created because of his own hunger, his own temptation, his own inability to uh, engage in self-control, his own inability to act on faith, his lack of caring for what might be best for him and the world, and ultimately his lack of responsibility because when God confronts him after eating the fruit of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, what does Adam say? She made me do it. And so Adam, the rabbis say, is described when God began to create heaven and earth that describes the first human being who brought the world back to nothingness. And then it goes on, the earth was unformed and void. This refers to Cain, Adam's son, who committed the first act of violence recorded in the Torah, murdering his brother Abel in cold blood turning the world back to chaos and void and nothingness. And then what follows is that there was darkness on the surface of the deep. Because in the generations that followed after Cain, there was nothing but violence and lawlessness and injustice on the face of the earth. So much so that as we read in next week's Torah portion, God is going to have to send a deluge, a flood, to destroy the whole world because the world was filled with Hamas. The world was filled with violence, lawlessness, and injustice. People taking advantage of and harming others. People oppressing the weakest in society. People stealing just enough from each other that it couldn't be prosecuted in courts of law. People harming and waging war against each other, brutalizing and terrorizing the most vulnerable in society. There was darkness on the surface of the deep, the rabbis say, and that refers to the generations after Cain leading up to the flood. And there was a wind from God sweeping over the water. This, the rabbis say, refers to the flood. And then God says, let there be light. This, the rabbis say, refers to to Abraham, the first Jewish person, the father, in effect, of all contemporary religion, that takes, that enters a dark and void world filled with violence and injustice, filled with oppression, filled with subjugation, filled with lawlessness filled with despair and brutality. And God says, let there be light. Let there be a person and the descendants of that person and a group of people that bring light into a dark world, that help turn a world of violence and injustice into a world of peace and support and justice and kindness and compassion. 
that take a world in which people are brutalized and make it a world in which people are held and lifted up, are supported when they are at their most weak and most vulnerable, not pushed down lower for the glory and grandeur and glorification of the people who presume to be the mightiest. When the world is at its most dark, God says, let there be light. And the rabbis say, that's not talking about science. That's not talking about history. That's talking about destiny. That's talking about value. It is the destiny of the descendants of Abraham to bring light into a dark world. And God calls the light good. And the darkness God calls evil. Because to bring light into a dark world is a statement of value, of moral goodness. That we, what we are called to do is illumine the grayest spots on this planet. We know that we live in a time that is filled with deep darkness and despair, even today. As we speak, Thugs and murderers run rampant in areas all over the globe, brutalizing and marginalizing and terrorizing populations. People are sick and dying, not because of the danger and horror of the disease, but because of the failure of the infrastructure, response, and compassion of people looking on. People are crushed under the weight of unjust systems of law and economics that hold them back from being able to attain. Those who are at the top of the society are able more easily and readily to be able to attain. We live in a world that is no less dark than the time that God said, that there is darkness over the surface of the deep and what we need is light. And the destiny and the value that our rabbis read into these opening words of Genesis is that it is our job, we, the people here in this room and the people who are not here in this room but ought to be, we are the light. We are supposed to be illuminating the dark corners of the world, making this world a more safe, a more just, a more fair, a more peaceful, a more kind, a more compassionate place to eradicate the darkness. One of my favorite television shows that came out uh, last year, and I don't know if any of you had uh, got a chance to see it because it was on HBO, and as a twist of fate, I had HBO for a couple of months, so I was able to see it. It's called True Detective. Do any of you see this show with Matthew McConaughey and uh, Woody Harrelson? Great show. And I won't give away, oh, really? Wow, okay. We've got to talk to your parents. So, um, <laughs> uh, so uh, one of the great moments in the show, uh, this is not to give away too many spoilers, but at the very la end of the very last episode, Matthew McConaughey's character looks up at the sky with Woody Harrelson's character and says, I've come to understand that the ultimate story in the universe, the ultimate narrative of what we are doing here, what the purpose of being human is, what the meaning of life is, is that there is a war going on between the light and the dark. And Woody Harrelson looks up the sky and sees a dark sky with a few stars and said, well, I hate to be a downer here, but it looks to me 
like the dark is winning. And Matthew McConaughey's character thinks about it for a second and says, in a certain sense, I think you're right. Except for when you think about a billion years ago, all there was was darkness. And a little light, we are told by the Baal Shem Tov, dispels a lot of darkness. We have the capacity, we have the ability, and we have the destiny. We in this room, we Jewish people, we people who can see ourselves as the descendants of Abraham, either literally or spiritually, we have the capability to bring light to the dark places of the world. It only takes a little bit of light to dispel a lot of darkness, and though there's a lot of darkness, we can be at least a little bit of light. Shabbat Shalom.